Amen. We have a special speaker today. Uh, we have in our midst Robert and Ambar Witt. If you guys could stand. Here's Robert and Ambar. And Robert, if you could be making your way up here, unless you want to speak from down there, which would be unusual, but that's okay. Uh, Robert uh, is one of the candidates for the position that we have available uh, for UCLA and Pepperdine and SMC. Uh, He is from Knoxville, Tennessee, which you will quickly notice uh, from his accent, which is, yeah. Uh, uh, Robert is from Ohio, like me, uh, but he was raised in Georgia, where he was baptized into Christ in 2001. Uh, He is a graduate of Florida State University, which I am as well, uh, and he got his degree in business. Uh, Robert loves sports, he's an avid golfer, and he loves chess. And, of course, he loves his wife, Amber. Amber Ambar. Is it Ambar? Amber. He met his wife, Amber, while she was living in Miami, Florida, and they were married four years ago. Amber is from Los Angeles, I think Pomona? Pomona. And she was converted in the East region and was educated at DeVry University as a business major. So at this time, give a warm welcome to Robert Witts. Okay, I have to do a few things here real quick. I've got to flip a switch back here. There we go. And then I have to move this microphone. And that's working, so we're, we're good. So this is my wife, in case you didn't get a good look at her. Uh, this is uh, how I envision. This is one of my favorite pictures, because this is what I was sitting across the table from on our first date. So, so I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very honored, you know, to be able to kind of show this off. God has been good to me. In case you, you know, I haven't thought that yet by looking at this picture and looking at at me. Uh, so, so God, God's been very good. We were married on December the fourth, two thousand and ten, uh, and I really appreciate uh, what the sister shared in the communion. Uh, you know, just how impacted she was by that wedding because that was our first kiss as well. At our, at our wedding. And as you can tell, I was ready for another uh, there in, in, that, in that picture. We have two children. We have two children. One is Keller. This is Keller. She's eight years old. Keller is eight, and uh, she's kind of a pointer hound lab mix. She, she, uh, she's just wonderful. Uh, it's been a great um, just part of our, of our family. She and I were together before Amber was, before Amber came into the picture. Uh, but but now I have to fight for Keller's attention because she's so loyal to my wife. And this is our second child, Brindle. Uh, Brent, Brindle's two. Uh, she uh, she's very rambunctious. She's a purebred plot hound, and uh, really just uh, keeps a lot of the excitement in our house. She keeps she keeps Keller young, and um, you know she. Uh, she, she really um, just brings a lot of joy. We got her for Christmas last year. So we really, really love her. We lead the campus ministry in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College. Uh, we have about 25 students 
Uh, this was a, a photo taken at our, our recent Southeast Campus Assembly. We're not allowed to call it a retreat. We had to call it an assembly. It was actually the first time the Florida campuses and the Southeast campuses all came together. So we decided to call it an assembly where uh, it, it was just a historic time of, of um, just unity building between the Florida campus ministries and the Southeast. So we really uh, enjoyed that uh, time. Uh, so I've seen some uh, friendly uh, faces here that I, I really had no clue was out here in the West region. Uh, seeing Hanley up here leading songs, I remember, uh, where's Hanley? Where were you at? Over there. I think I, I, I want to say I remember seeing Hanley leading a song for one of the first times back in those internship programs. It was it was so great. I always knew that yeah he's going to be a song leader uh, someday. And then Lily, where's Lily? Getting over here doing the welcome. I, I remember at North River in Atlanta uh, when when she was a teenager, um, and I always enjoyed uh, the fact that we had the Jacobies in our church, you know, so we can hear him. Uh, her dad was, was always just so wonderful with us. So it's really great. And Amber's been able to see some, some friendly faces as well. Uh, but it's really great to be here. I want to talk a little bit about faith. Uh, but before we do that, let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Father in heaven, uh, we thank you so much. God, you've given us life. You've given us breath. You've given us energy. You've given us each other. You've given us an opportunity today to worship you. And I pray, Father, that you are pleased with that worship. God, I pray that as we talk about faith and as I speak, that you um, will fill me with your spirit, that you will uh, help all of us to look at our faith and see how can we take our faith uh, to a whole new level. How can we take our relationship with you to another level? God, we love you so much. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. His name I pray. Amen. All right. Three kinds of faith. Go over and turn your Bibles to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Of course, many of us know this as a scripture, you know, talking about the, the, how, faith, how our faith uh, alone can't save us, how our faith and our deeds must work together. James chapter 2. James is writing, he says, What good is it, my brothers? In verse 14. If a man claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. First type of faith we're going to talk about is dead faith. We won't spend too much time on this, but really we can, get, we can go through chapters in our lives where our faith can, can, can be sort of a dead faith, where we know the right things to say. We understand biblical doctrine. We uh, really just have a a well-working knowledge of Scripture or, um, you know, just kind of spiritual lingo. I remember as a young Christian, I I grew up very religious. I'll share a little bit more on that in a second. I grew up in the Baptist church. 
uh, in Columbus, Georgia, and I loved uh, Christian music, and, uh, you know, just, I, I knew some scripture. Uh, when I was reached out to in uh, 2000, 2001, uh, I, I really worked hard to put up a facade. I really worked hard to make sure that the brothers and sisters knew that I knew Jesus and that I was a Christian and that there's no reason to worry about me. I've got it all together. I listened to Michael W. Smith. You know what? I, I, I know some book titles, my utmost for his highest praise, Jesus. That was me. I even remember after getting baptized because the brothers had a lot of work to do. Uh, they, they had to work through a lot of religiosity and a lot of pride uh, to get me to the point where I was ready to see my need for God to get baptized and become a Christian, become a true disciple. I even remember, though, after that, as a young Christian, it just being woven into my character to speak spiritually, but not have it truly going on on the inside. To speak in a way that I haven't truly matured to yet. You know, we had this joke going on, because uh, there, there was a few different brothers in the campus ministry there at Florida State, and uh, we, we kind of had a similar character flaw there with that, and we, we, we would say, hey man, you, you sound like you're speaking in DPI book titles. <laughs> you know, we would kind of call each other out, you know, in that, in that way. We were, just, we were just so, quote unquote, spiritual. But our faith hadn't really matured to the point to where it was backed up, where it was, like it says here, accompanied by action. We can, we can have this kind of knowledge, but really have a dead faith. And if that's where you're at this morning, I want to encourage you to, to really be honest with yourself and get someone in your life or, or, or really just, uh, you know, look at how your faith is transitioning into your action. We have another type of faith, emotional faith. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Talks a little bit about demons right here and how even they believe God. They have the intellectual knowledge about Jesus. We'll talk more about that here in a second. You know, sometimes our faith can, can be kind of stuck in the realm of, of emotion and feelings. A lot of times our relationship with God can be a function of how we're feeling and how kind of what our emotional state is. You know, with emotional faith, you know, talks a little bit about the demons here. We got a little demon on the screen. Right here we see in James how the demons, they believe that there is one God. They have that going on. There's a scripture over in, 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 in Mark chapter 3 where they even revere Jesus. We know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. You know, they, they had this reverence for Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, you see, you see a situation where Jesus healed two demon-possessed men. And they had this understanding and this emotional response to the fact that there was going to be a judgment. And then in the account in Luke chapter 8, they said, don't throw us into the abyss. 
there was this this fear of Jesus. There was this reverence. You know, we see that with emotional faith, a lot of times there's this exclamation. I'm, a, I'm also a worship, I also lead our worship ministry in Knoxville. Uh, and I have a great time doing that. Uh, and, and what we've seen in the recent years is, is kind of a transition into more the emotional side of worship. We sing songs that are, are, are a little bit more uh, emotionally uh, driven. Uh, in the South, I don't know if it's, out way, if, if it's this way out here in the Southwest, but in the Southeast, people really get caught up into the emotions of a worship service. And I myself really can, can let that kind of set the tone for me as well. You know, did that song do it for me? Is it really getting me going? You know what I'm saying? It's really getting into the emotional side of worship. Uh, we, can, we, we can have these really deep convictions about certain things, whether it's from our past or a time we just had with a brother or a sister. And our faith can be stuck in the realm of emotion. But we see that even demons can have an emotional emotionally driven attachment or knowledge of Jesus. The last type of faith I want to talk about and finish up with as, as we kind of get into the meat of it is faithfulness. What do you think about when you think of the word faithful? You know, for me, maybe these two words come up. Committed, which is a great word. Devoted, it's another great word. God calls us to be committed and devoted. You know, the Old Testament, Second Chronicles, the eyes of the Lord roam the earth looking for those who are fully committed to him. New Testament, Acts 2, you know, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. They're, they're, we've been talking about devotion in Knoxville and really taking our devotion to another level. We spent the entire year almost in 2014 talking about being devoted to God, devoted to one another, and devoted to discipleship. You know, God wants us to be devoted. He calls us to be devoted. Devoted, it sets us apart from just being merely religious. So understand, as I, as I talk about being faithful here in a second, I don't want to downplay how we normally would define faithful. I don't want to downplay devotion because there's probably an area of your life where you need to take your devotion to another level, just like my life. There's areas where I've, I've just got to step it up from a devotion standpoint, and we're always going to be there. Maybe you define faithful as, hey, is so-and-so still faithful? Uh, I remember at our campus assembly, I ran into the guy that baptized me. He's leading the church in Clemson, uh, South Carolina. And uh, we were just, I was just asking him questions about certain people that I had lost touch with, certain brothers. Hey, is, hey, is so-and-so still faithful? Whatever happened? You know, sometimes we, we use faithful in that regard, like in a relationship. I know one big thing is, you know, hey, you're a good husband if you stay faithful to your wife. That's kind of like the standard in the world. Hey, he's not cheating on her. That's a great husband. He's a faithful man right there. It can, that, maybe that's how we define faithful, kind of a relational type of, of uh, you know, staying, staying with it to the end. 
But consider this. What about defining faithful as being full of faith? Full of faith. What, what got me started on this study? In Matthew 8, you'll, you'll find a, a, a story of, of a Roman soldier. The faith of the centurion. He wasn't following Jesus. He wasn't in the crowds. He knew who Jesus was, knew what Jesus could do. And that was enough for him to say, just give the order and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. That's all it takes. This man was so full of faith that it impressed God. It impressed him. And I remember thinking, I want that. I want that kind of faith. I want Jesus to be impressed with my faith. It's so often in the scriptures, you see Jesus impressed with the faith of the Gentiles or the faith of the Roman soldiers or the faith of the Samaritan woman. And, and, and he wasn't so impressed with those who were following him. And I think for us, we can get so comfortable in our faith that, that, that we kind of lose touch with, is it still growing? Am I still striving to be faithful in terms of being full of faith. You know, faithfulness, you know, uh, back in, in James chapter 2, we, we won't kind of read through there, but he uses two examples. talks about uh, Abraham and then Rahab the prostitute. And he talks about them uh, really uh, just being justified by what they did and how their faith and their actions were working together. And what I thought a lot about was, let me look at my faith in terms of how is it translating into action? Am I responding to the scriptures? You know, those quiet times that we just, we, we, we must have. That prayer time, that Bible study. Are we putting it into practice? What about sermon challenges? It's funny, our evangelist in, in, in Knoxville, um, he sat me down about six months ago and he said, Hey, um, he said, I noticed you haven't really been taking notes in the sermon. I said, I, I'll go back and listen to it on the website. He said, Hey, man. He said, uh, How are you putting it into practice if you're not writing anything down? That's, that's, a, that's a tough talk. That's a tough pill to swallow because I love his preaching. I love his sermons. He does a great job. But these guys, they get up here on Sunday morning to preach, and they actually expect us to do something with it. I, didn't, I, haven't, I haven't connected with that in a while. I, maybe he's trying to inspire our friends that are coming to church. No, he's wanting us to do something with it. You know, and I think, I think, too, you guys have an incredible minister now. It's so, you guys are so fortunate to have the childs here. I listened to one or two of his sermons on the website. And, you know, I, one thing I realized, there is no laughing allowed in this church, that's for sure. <laughs> you guys love to laugh, and I really like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, what a great preacher and a great minister you guys have. Uh, you know, encourage your leaders by responding in action when they challenge you from God's word. Faithfulness. 
When it comes to being full of faith, it's about our minds, our hearts, and our will. And, you know, of course, you think about Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, but really, kind of being faithful is the same. It's about the whole man, the entire, the whole woman, where our mind understands the truth. Our heart desires and rejoices in the truth. It's like those incredible worship services. And then the will acts on it. We see, that we see it in the scriptures. We know God's spirit is speaking to us to make a change, to do something about it. It's at that point where we are full of faith. And, and I've been praying. I was like, God, make me full of faith like the centurion, like, a, like Abraham, like Rahab. Make me full of faith. And really what it's boiled down to is the fact that it's a choice. It's a choice. It's like when I'm praying, I want God to zap me and do it for me. It doesn't work that way. He's saying, you be faithful. You be full of faith. And to me, that's the challenge of this, of this whole study on the three different types of faith, of choosing to be full of faith regardless of the circumstances. You know, ultimately, faithfulness is God's faith. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Of course, this is a very familiar scripture. It's where we find... The definition of faith, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You know, and a lot of times when we see that scripture or when we even think about Hebrews 11, we think about the great, incredible men and women who have served God who God used to do great things. You know, maybe even call it, uh, like me, you call it like the Faith Hall of Fame. I heard someone say that one time, and, you know, that's what I'm going to call it. It's like the Faith Hall of Fame. And But there's one piece here that we can miss if we jump right into the Faith Hall of Fame. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. God was the first to put faith into action. God's creative abilities, when he created the universe, he was putting faith into action. He made something out of nothing. God had great faith then, and he has great faith now. God never calls us to have a faith that he himself doesn't have. He has great faith. But you know who he has great faith in? Every single person sitting in this room. Every one of you. He believes in you. God understands you with his mind. He understands you better than you understand you. 
He knows you better than you'll ever know yourself. You know, emotionally, God is invested in you. He desires to be with you, to have a relationship with you, to know you. He desires to know you more than you desire to know him. And that is a good thing. He, is, he has that incredible emotional desire. And then God's faith in us leads to action. Through God's Spirit, through each other, in this incredible church, God is actively working in our lives. And I know that can become a, a spiritual phrase, but seriously, God is actively working in your life to help you to become something greater than you would have been otherwise. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has active faith in you? Because he does. Listen, it's easy to think that, hey, you know what? God's done with me. I've been through so much. You know, for, and, and some of you are younger in your faith, and some of you have been around a while. And sometimes, honestly, my concern is for those of us who have been around a while. Because we, we, can, we can think that God's given up on us. We can think, I've, I've messed up so much. But you know what? That, God, God's not finished. God has more in store. God has great plans. God wants to and intends to use you to do great things. But listen, you have to decide that you want God to use you. You have to be willing. You have to be full of faith. I want to close here with a scripture in 1 Thessalonians. It said, May God himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is my favorite part right here. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. God is full of faith. Let us imitate God's faith. Let us desire God's faith and let us strive to understand God's faith so it will transform our lives and help us take our faith to another level. Listen, I want to thank you guys for bringing us out. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun already. We just flew in last night. It's been great to, to, to get to know uh, Ken and Lena and, and Mark. Uh, you know, just you guys are an incredible group. And I just want to encourage you and inspire you that there is incredible things in store, and that God is with us. Amen? Amen. Thank you for your attention.